Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So I've so seen the title for today, Come Die With Me, said uh, Jesus. That's what He said when He said, Take Up Your Cross. Uh, there's no other destination in sight uh, when you do that. Uh, but what does it mean? Uh, so uh, let's have a look at today's uh, text. We're in uh, Acts chapter 7, uh, verse 54, up to chapter 8, uh, verse 2. So this is our second uh, series, second sermon in the series of discipleship and uh, the cost of discipleship. And uh, Stephen, in our passage this morning, is paying the ultimate price. Uh, so let's uh, read uh, together. Uh, and now that we've got to get the pronouns right, haven't we? We've got to get the pronouns right today. Yes, we've got to get the pronouns right. In this case, the they is the Sanhedrin, the, the, uh, the Jewish parliament. Um, and the him is Stephen. So we're all right. Okay, that's the pronouns. Uh, so when the Sanhedrin heard this, uh, Stephen's sermon, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at Stephen. Uh, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelled. This made them even more angry. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Jesus, uh, sorry, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was there uh, giving approval to his death. <clears throat> on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church of Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Oh, a little bit further, sorry. <laughs> okay. So uh, this morning we've got good news and bad news. Uh, usually someone says, what would you like first? I'm going to give you the good news first. No choice, sorry. Uh, I want to do that first. The good news is that most of us here probably won't die for our Christian faith. Hey, praise the Lord. That's a good start to the day, isn't it? Okay. Most of us will not actually have to die uh, like uh, Stephen. Um, the, the trouble is uh, that may, that's a situation that's true for us in Namibia, but many Christians around the world are being persecuted for their faith, and many are paying the ultimate price and are dying uh, for their faith. Um, some countries, it's just plain illegal to be a Christian. Um, it's, it's against the law and, and the, the, the state... The, the state's job is to find you, put you in prison, and put you in work camps, maybe even end your life. Um, in other countries, let's say Muslim countries, it's maybe not exactly illegal, uh, but uh, you certainly will not have a good time if you are a Christian in, in those countries. Uh, oh, yes, um, Mike Knight sent me a, a quote. This is from Open Doors. Um, we'll talk a little bit about information sources for the persecuted church around the world. Open Doors is a great uh, information source. Just Google Open Doors, a great uh, 
source of information on the persecuted church, uh, they reckon that more Christians have died for their faith in the last hundred years than in all, all the previous centuries back to, the, back to the stoning of Stephen. Okay, So more Christians have died in the last hundred years than the previous 1,900 uh, years. So persecution is still a problem. Uh, if you want more information on the persecuted church, if you want to pray more effectively, if you want to give, uh, because these organizations also uh, will, will receive your money to help persecuted church, uh, there's a number of organizations which I think are worth looking at. Martyrs for Christ is based in Vintuk. Uh, they are here. Uh, they're worth looking at. Um, as well as Open Doors, there's the Barnabas Fund. Uh, as well. So you can Google all of these guys, Martyrs for Christ, the Barnabas Fund, and also Open Doors. If you want to know more of what's going on and pray and give and help and support. So uh, we may not lose our lives for our faith, but Christians around the world are. That is, that is their situation. That is happening uh, today. Now, one thing we say, oh, gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. What, what if I, I face the tests and, and, and you know, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't hold on to my faith and I deny Christ? You know, I, I don't feel I've, I, I'm up for that. Well, there is an encouraging word uh, for us. Uh, let's have a look at Matthew 10. And we'll look at 17 uh, to 20. We may not uh, face death, but we will certainly face persecution and ridicule and all other things that are possible. Um, but uh, here's some words of hope, Matthew 10, 17 uh, to 20. Uh, Jesus says, be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, <clears throat> you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And that's, that's a promise from Jesus that if, we, if he leads us to the point of persecution or worse, uh, we, we will be given words and strength to cope at that time. Does that make sense? So sitting here, we may think, I will never pass that test. But in a sense, God is not asking us to face that test this morning. <laughs> the, the strength and the words that we need at the time will be given to us at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, you, you know, that, that's a promise. So um, we needn't lie asleep at night worrying about how we will cope if, if and when that kind of stuff comes. <laughs> because here is a promise that the Spirit will give us the ability to cope when it happens. If, if God brings us to that point, it's, it's at that point that we will get the power and the wisdom and the strength and the words. So, so, so be encouraged. We, we may not feel like we're up for that this morning, but here is a promise from God that he will help us at, at the right time. Uh, so let's go back to Acts and, 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 the, and Stephen's uh, speech. Actually, the, the previous chapter, Acts chapter 7, is a wonderful summary of the, the Old Testament um, the Old Testament background leading up to uh, the coming of Christ and, 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 uh, and the cross and everything else. Um, it's one of the best Old Testament summaries in the Bible. 
Um, it's a great, a great short summary. I, I think if a net student wrote something like that, we'd make him a lecturer right away. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. So have a, have a read of that in your, in your own time, just to get a, a, a wonderful uh, picture of Genesis through to Malachi. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, the other interesting character there, of course, is uh, Saul. Uh, you'll notice that uh, almost, <clears throat> almost in passing uh, in verse 58, it talks about the, the witnesses, those who are killing Stephen, uh, laid their clothes at the feet of a young man <clears throat> named Saul. If, if, you were, if you were busy stoning someone uh, 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, you, you, you ha your, your clothes would not be fit for purpose. You would have to take off this long robe over the top uh, and put it somewhere while you threw rocks at, at Stephen. And somebody needed to keep those clothes out of the, out of the dust, I guess. And, and, uh, and this, this little thing here about the witnesses laying their clothes at the feet of a young man is code. Okay, that's, that's code saying Saul is actually overseeing this process, okay? He's not just wandering by saying, I wonder what's going on over there. Oh, they're killing Stephen. Let's have a... No, no, he is, he is the Sanhedrin's appointed sort of person to make sure this happens. He's in control. He's, his job is to make sure this happens. So uh, Saul receiving the cloaks of the killers is a, is a sign that, that it's actually his job to see this job done. Properly. That's his role here. Uh, Saul, verse, chapter 8, verse 1, Saul was giving approval to his death. Tick, job done, job card done, tick, let's get on with our lives. Okay, that's, that's him with the responsibility to, to carry it out. Uh, that's what's actually happening. Saul himself, a bit later, Paul, uh, actually recalls this uh, time in one of his own uh, speeches, one of his own uh, uh, defenses. Uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 20, uh, Paul says this, And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. So that's Paul later on re recalling what had happened. And that's that, of course, is the Saul who became Paul, this great missionary. Um, so turning around from killing the church to to. To, to growing the church. What an amazing act of grace uh, that was. So that's the good news. We probably won't have to die for our faith. The, the bad news is that actually as Christians, as disciples, we are, we are to die every day uh, as we follow Jesus. Jesus says, come and die with me. Uh, this is not just for missionaries and other crazy people. Uh, this is for all Christians and all disciples. Daily dying is, is a basic Christian living requirement for all of us. And a little bit of theology just to explain that statement. Um, we, we were thinking about sin this morning. What is sin? Uh, just spell it out, S-I-N. Sin is I at the center, Okay. S-I-N, with I at the center. Sin is I disease. I, me, myself, I, you know, I'm living for myself. Uh, my will be done. Everything, everything, everything about me uh, and, and myself. Um, that's actually what sin is. Sin is living for yourself, putting yourself on the throne of your life, okay? Running your own life in your own way, setting your own goals, doing your own thing. That's, that's what sin is. It's I disease. And, and, Jesus died on the cross to save us from that kind of life. We, we sing happily, don't we? Jesus washed all my sins away. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's 
also come to destroy that lifestyle as well. Okay? Um, he's come to save us from living that kind of life. So what kind of life do we live? We don't live S-I-N lives. We are to live, like we found last week, J-O-Y lives. Jesus said, I've come that they might have joy and have it to the full. It's a little bit cheesy, but it's good quality cheese. Uh, J-O-Y, okay. <laughs> Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Get it? J-O-Y. It's a bit cheesy. It's a bit sorry. Sorry for cheese. But it's good cheese, okay? It's theologically correct cheese. We, we, we stop living. Jesus has died on the cross so that we would no longer live S-I-N lives and start living J-O-Y lives. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's what it means to die every day. Okay, we're putting ourselves last. C.S. Lewis had a wonderful little story about heaven and hell. Just to illustrate the difference, he, he, he said that uh, in, in a dream one night, an angel came to him and showed him hell. And hell was a great banqueting hall, and there were tables everywhere, and the tables were full of food and drink and all good things, and, and, and people were sitting up and down the table next to the table, looking at all the food and drink, and they were glum, and they were mad, and they were sad, and there was nothing going on. And he, looked, he said, Angel, what's going on? And the angel said, look, look at the people. And when he looked at the people sitting there, they all had knives and forks attached to their arms, to their hands, and, 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 and there was no way they could reach the food and feed themselves. So, so hell was living next to all this food and drink and not being able to eat and enjoy it. It was terrible. And C.S. Lee scratched his head, I don't understand. And so the angel said, well, let me take you to heaven. So oh, this is better. So they went up to heaven, and there was a huge banqueting hall and tables laid throughout, and, and the tables full of food and drink and people sitting up left and right uh, all, all, all by the food and drink, and they were all happy and full and uh, munching away and, and having a great time, and the, and the food was being eaten. And, and C.S. Lewis noticed that everybody had knives and forks attached to their arms. And, and, and C.S. Lewis said, what's, what's going on? How, how does this work? And the angel said, look more closely. And, 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 and he looked again, and he realized that even though the people couldn't feed themselves because their arms were too long, they could feed the other people to the left and to the right and to the other side. So everybody was feeding everybody else, and everybody was having a great time. Get the idea? <laughs> the difference between hell and heaven, not so much. <laughs> the point was the lifestyle that people were living. Okay. We, we learn to serve one another. We, we don't have to look after our, we don't have to worry about ourselves. If, 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 if we've been redeemed from living for ourselves, how will I survive? Who will look after me? Well, everybody else. <laughs> and God, of course, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Everything else are just additions. <laughs> but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. God will look after us, and we are in a community of believers who will look after one another. That's how it works. We, we actually don't have to worry about ourselves. <laughs> we've been redeemed from that way of life, and we've entered a new way of life of looking after other people and, 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 and seeking God's kingdom first. And, and God looks after us. We look after his kingdom, and he looks after us. That's the deal. There's a number of Bible verses through today, excuse me. I, I just, this is an extended Bible study. I, <laughs> I just found so many helpful Bible verses that I wanted to pack in. Uh, just, to, just to 
illustrates the different uh, pictures of this kind of lifestyle. Um, and so please bear with me. Uh, so let's have a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Here is Paul's view. This is how he puts it. Uh, this is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, uh, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I love that. What this, the, the Christian life, dying every day, this means we, we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices uh, to God. What a wonderful phrase, living sacrifices. There's two, there's two difficulties with being a living sacrifice. The first one is you're alive to know it, yes? You remember in the Old Testament, the sheep comes up, they cut its throat, and then, you know, it's, it's all done. The sheep doesn't know anything about the suffering. It's gone, you know? It's dead. But, but we, if we are offering ourselves to God as living sacrifices, we're alive to know it, yes? We give ourselves to God, and, and we're still alive <laughs> to, know, to know that's how we're living. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy to live like this. We, we are born into this world sinful, with that sinful character. S-I-N lifestyle is natural to us. That's completely natural. We, we can't imagine there's any other way to live. But we are to live as living sacrifices. Uh, I think of the burning bush uh, when Moses met God, Yahweh, face to face. Uh, the, 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 the bush was on fire and yet it was not consumed. Yes, that's, that's, that's the, 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 the flames with the Spirit of God. We, we, when we become Christians, Jesus lives in us. And we're born from above, born again, and the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and, and lives in us. And, and that fire is in us and yet... You know, and we're, we're, we're sort of burning up on the fire, but we're not consumed, we're not destroyed. We can be living sacrifices. We, we can do that. We can die every day and not be consumed. It's possible. We don't have the power, but God gives us the power. So that's the first one. We, we, we're alive as we give ourselves to Christ every day. The second thing, as Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot uh, said, uh, the trouble with a living sacrifice, it keeps falling off the altar, you know? So we put ourselves there, and, and it's not natural, it's not comfortable, and we just keep, we, it's, it, we just want to jump off the altar and get back with the, with the SIN lifestyle, that's the self again, don't we? Uh, it's not a natural, comfortable place for us, uh, and we need, we need to make the altar our comfort zone. We need to be comfortable and, and stop crawling off the altar. Uh, so there's two, two challenges. The other thing did you notice in verse 2 here, uh, it says, once when, when, we, when we give ourselves to God as living sacrifices, there's a little word there uh, in verse 2, halfway to, then you will be able to test and approve what's, what God's will is. Yeah? Then. The then is very important. There's an, there's an order to things here. You know, sometimes we pray, oh, Lord, Lord, I want to, you know, show me your will. Show, 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 show me what I should do. Show me how I should live. Show me the way to go. Uh, and yet we are, we are not at that place of being a living sacrifice. God, God is not going to show us what he wants us to do before he has us sacrificed on the altar. Get the idea? Sacrifice first, then knowing the Lord's will. It reminds me of that little old lady who prayed to win the lottery. Maybe that American one. One billion? Was it somebody, some guy won? Whew. Illinois, yeah, lucky. Uh, 
She prayed. She wanted to win the, well, win the, altar, win the lottery. She prayed and prayed. Week after week, nothing happened, nothing happened. You know, uh, prayed and prayed, never won the lottery. And eventually, the Lord got really fed up with this lady praying all the time. He said, well, meet me halfway. At least go and buy a ticket, you know? <laughs> we, we have to buy the ticket first, okay? We have to become living sacrifices. We have to place our lives on the altar. We have to, be, we have to take up that cross. <laughs> we have to be willing to die every day. Then we will be able to find out what God's will is for us. You see, that's, that's the spiritual order. Uh, another example of this, uh, Luke 17, uh, chapter, Luke chapter 17 and 11 to 14. Here we go. Just to, just to give a picture of this. Uh, now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, as they should, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. I love that. That little last little phrase, as they went, they were cleansed. Did you notice that? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. So they, the ten, oh, we're not going until you heal us. No, 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 no. No. They obeyed. Go show yourselves to the priest, which is actually what you should do. Uh, if, you, if you had leprosy or any kind of skin disease from the Old Testament Levitical law, uh, when you finally got over it and you were healed, you, you, were, you were sent to the priests for, a, for a, I suppose, a ritual cleansing, but it was also a public announcement that you were, you were cleaned and you could go back into society. You could see that they, they stood at a distance. It was illegal for lepers to approach anybody else so that the leprosy wouldn't spread. Uh, but Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. Says, but you haven't healed us yet. We, there's no point going to the priest because we still got leprosy. No, but they didn't. So as they went, they were cleansed. They just obeyed. <laughs> the, the healing came about after they obeyed. Get the point? Get the point. There's a, there's a spiritual order here. <laughs> show, show your faithfulness to God, and then everything will follow uh, as a result of that. Surrender your body as a living sacrifice to God, then you will know and understand what God's will is. So let's come back to our passage, if you like, our, our theme, Luke chapter 9. Uh, this is a slightly different version to the video, and, and Luke puts in one word. I wonder if you're able to spot it. Luke 9, 23 to 24. Uh, then Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life uh, for, my, for me uh, will save it. What's the little extra word that Luke puts in? Somebody's awake. Good. Daily. This, this, is, this living sacrifice thing, we have to put ourselves back on the altar every day. Every day we crawl off, and every day we have to climb back on again. <laughs> we have to take up our crosses daily. So Stephen died once for his faith. We have to die every day. We have to take up our cross daily. <clears throat> Deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. And if you take up your cross and follow Jesus, there's only one place you're going. You're going to that hill of Calvary. You're going to the place of sacrifice. You're going to the place of death. You're not going to Swakabund and a nice Airbnb. You're going 
to get you're going to get some, you're going to Golgotha, you're going to Calvary. That's that's where you're going. Take up your cross and follow me. Come, come and die. Come and die with me. And do this every day. <clears throat> every <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> every day we die to self. Every day we put ourselves back on the altar. Every day we are a, a living sacrifice. Every day we we say no to self and yes to God. And we do this every day. Do you remember as a kid? Oh, Christmas, Christmas Day, great. I wish every day was Christmas Day. Yes, never happened, yeah? But guess what? Every day is a Good Friday. That's what this means. Every day is Good Friday for, for us. It's not Christmas, it's Good Friday. There's a natural law to this. Jesus loves to teach in parables and picture language. And uh, we've already had this in Matthew, but let's read it again. Uh, this, is, this is John's, uh, John's Gospel, John 12, uh, 23 to 25. <clears throat> John 12, 23 to 25. Uh, Jesus has replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. It's crystal clear, isn't it? Jesus knew his agriculture. Uh, they, were, they were in a pastoral society. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and this, this is a law of nature. This is how nature works. The, the seed that you put in the ground, it's nearly dead anyway. Um, I worked on my dad's farm for a while, and when you harvest the grain, uh, you have to dry it so that it doesn't rot. And you have to get down to like 10% or 8% water. I mean, what's a human being? Are we 80%, 90% water? I don't know what we are. That's, that's how much water you need to, to, to be living. You, you, you harvest the grain, you knock it down to 10% or less. It's, it's nearly dead anyway, okay? <clears throat> but then that dry seed that you then put in the ground and water, it, it really dies. It's, it's, it's destroyed. <laughs> the, the food sources become the, the source for the new shoot that comes out, uh, and, and the, 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 the grain that you planted in the ground has gone. It's, it, it dies, it disappears. But look what happens. The seedling grows uh, over the course of the year, and then it yields a harvest. The, gr the ear is produced, uh, Jesus talks about 40, 80, 100 times uh, the, the harvest. And, and the, the, the key to the fruitful harvest is the death. If there's no death of the seed, there is no harvest. That, that, one, seed is remain, that one seed produces a harvest of one seed. Great. But if it dies, it produces 60, 80, 100, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, and people knew that. They were, they were all farmers, the ones who weren't fishing anyway. So they, they knew that that's, that was the case. And all you have to do is transfer that natural knowledge to the spiritual world. If we, Jesus calls us to be fruitful for him. <laughs> I did not, you, you did not choose me, but I chose you to bear eternal fruit. This is how we bear eternal fruit, by being willing to die. If we, if we are not willing to die every day, there will be no harvest. That's the principle. Pretty easy. So let's come back to uh, Matthew 10. I will do it anyway again. But I love Matthew. He puts the two, he puts all these thoughts together. Uh, <clears throat> Matthew 10, 37 to 39. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, if anyone, uh, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 
and anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy for me of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah, it's like uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, isn't it? Give it away, give it away, give it away. No, we've got to give it away. We've got to give it away in the right direction. We've got to give our lives away to Christ. Uh, we lose our lives to him. We, we give up on our own plans and ambitions, uh, and we, we commit ourselves to following the Lord's plan for our lives. We hand our lives over to him to go his way, and we'll find it. That's, that, that's life. It's not S-I-N life, it's J-O-Y life. That's the point. That's the difference. And just to conclude, a wonderful passage from Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He sums it all up. Uh, you'll know these words very well. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 7 uh, to 12. How, how on earth do we do this? Where do we get the power? Where do we get the ability? You see, naturally, we go, we go the S-I-N life. That's, that's how we're born. <laughs> that's how we grow up. And, and that's natural to us. And, and living this J-O-Y life is not natural to us. We have to learn it. We have to, we have to put ourselves back. We want to crawl off the altar and <clears throat> get back to the business. <clears throat> how on earth are we going to keep ourselves on the altar? How on earth are we going to die every day? How, where are we going to get the resources to do this? Well, We've already said the Holy Spirit does it. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and helps us. And Paul has this wonderful picture in verse 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay. We, we are the jars of clay. Fragile, uh, brittle, breakable, you know, about to, about to fall to pieces at any moment. But that's not the point. The treasure inside the jar is what counts. Why? To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That's the point. People will look at us, fragile jars of clay, and they will say, how on earth do these Christians manage to do it? How do they get through that situation? How do they live that kind of life? How do you live J-O-Y and not S-I-N? Well, we have the treasure within us. God has already given us the power of his spirit to enable us to live like this. Why? So that people will see the life of God and the power. They, look, they won't see us, they will see the power of God. That's the point. They will see the treasure, not the jar. And, and that will convince people. Paul talks about living the Christian life. He, he's drawing on his own mission experience. So this, this, all this kind of stuff happened to Paul, but it can also happen to all of us at any time. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. God, God will keep us going in the midst of all this opposition. We will wonder how we, how we can continue. Other people will wonder how we conti can continue. But it's the treasure in the jars of clay that count. Look at this, verse 10. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Second word there, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. He, he died 2,000 years ago on Cal Calvary, but we repeat that death every day. Every day we are saying no to sin and yes to joy, <laughs> no to ourselves and yes to God. And and we are doing that always, daily. Take up your cross daily. And, and, we, and the result, says Paul, we, we are always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus. 
We, we do this always because we're doing it every day. <laughs> Verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, always again, okay? Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. And verse 11, we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Repeatable, time and time and time and time again. Daily, 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 daily. Get the point? Go, 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 go. Repeat, 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 repeat. Live, die, repeat. Live, die, repeat. That's a good one. Yes, just thought of that. Great movie, by the way. But that's the theme. Live, die, repeat. Yes? Yes, that's how we are to live as Christians. Yes. Why, are we, why is this happening? So that his life, the treasure, may be revealed in our mortal bodies. Yeah? It's, it's so that people will see. This is people, the treasure's in the jar of clay, so people will see the treasure, not the clay. <laughs> we live like this so people don't see the death of us, but they see the life of Christ. That's the point. And the principle here, in, the conclusion here in, in verse 12, lovely. So then, Paul says, death is at work in us and my mission team. Death, death is at work in all of us, bringing in the gospel to you. But life is at work in you. Yeah? How could Paul and his team bring so much life and, and, and spread the church so powerfully uh, 2,000 years ago within the Roman Empire? Because they were dying every day. <laughs> Because every day they said, death is at work in us. We are, we are denying ourselves. We're not living S-I-N, we're living J-O-Y. We are following God's way. We are following God's plan. We are denying ourselves. We are doing what God wants us to do. So yes, death is at work in us because we are denying ourselves. We're taking up our crosses. We are, we are living sacrifices uh, to, to bring the gospel. What's the consequence? Life at work in you. Paul died so that others might live. Sounds a bit dramatic? No. We, we all do the same thing. Je when Jesus died for our sins, we don't just say, oh, thank you, Jesus, and get on with our lives. Jesus says, you are to live the same way. Just as I lived and died for you, you live and die for me. Yes? He's shown us how we are to live as Christians. We are to take up our cross every day and always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. We are, to, we are to live the same way. <laughs> Jesus came to die so that we might live. Guess what we do as Christians? We die every day so that others might live. God has a plan to bring life to others through our lives if we follow his, his plan for our lives. He wants to use us in that way. He chose us to bear fruit. Fruit is other Christians, sorry, other people becoming Christians and the church growing. Yes, that's, that's the point. Death is at work in us every day. Life is at work in you, in, in, in everybody else every day. That's the point. <clears throat> How do we respond to this? It's an invitation. Come, take up your cross daily and, and follow me. Uh, we, we don't really do altar calls here, do we? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering this morning if we can do an, an, an anonymous altar call. Let's put it like that. Okay, uh, let's... let's Let's close our eyes in, in prayer. And, and just if, if you feel that you would like to take up this challenge this morning of, of being a living sacrifice, of denying yourself every day and living for Christ every day, if, if, you, uh, if, you've, if you've been a Christian for years and you'd just like to renew your vows, if you would just like to do something to show 
Lord Jesus, yes, I'm in. I'm in for this. I'm up for this again. I want to, I want to show God that I, I really will want to do this from this day forward. I'll just ask you to stand, uh, just, to, just to show God that you are committing yourself to this lifestyle. And I'm sure Sibylla won't peek. So if, just if you feel you want to do that, just stand where you are as, as we pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we have heard your call uh, this morning. Uh, come and die with me. Come and take up my cross and follow me. Lord, we, we, want, to, we want to respond. We want, we want to say, yes, Lord, we're willing to do this. We want to take up our crosses every day. We want to deny ourselves. We want death to be at work in us so that life may be at work in others. Lord, we, we, we stand before you this morning, either physically or in our hearts. We, we commit ourselves to this lifestyle, Lord. And we ask that you would empower our lives. This treasure in the jar of clay would enable us to, to die every day, to follow your will for our lives so that we might bring an eternal harvest for you. We ask this and we say this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast. <laughs>